This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show. See the crowd out there early, hopefully, you know, get all the jitters out of the way, probably in pregame, and go out and just try and execute. Look, Buffalo's a good team, and you don't think that they've heard all the stuff being said about the Jets, being written about the Jets, all throughout this offseason, Aaron Rodgers this and Aaron Rodgers that? I mean, the last time I checked, Buffalo Bills were the last team to win the AFC East, and oh, by the way, they've done it three straight years. So if you want to be division champs, you're going to have to actually go out there and take it from them. You know, Josh Allen's the top quarterback in this sport. Buffalo's probably saying to themselves, well, why aren't they talking about us instead of everything Jets and everything Aaron Rodgers? Well, you know what? But you know how you settle those things? You settle all that stuff out on the field. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Final hour of the show. On this Thursday, Dan Grosser with you, 98.7 ESPN. That is the telephone number. Gordon and Larry are coming up at 9 o'clock. We still got a lot more to do over the course of the next 60 minutes. We got our over-unders draft, which we're going to do a little bit later on this hour. We're going to talk some Giants with Jordan Renan coming up in just a couple of minutes. Right now, though, we're going to say hi to Sam in San Antonio. He's up next here on 98.7. Sammy, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Dan. How are you doing? Thank God for football, right? Because the Mets oh, season was awesome this year. Can't get here soon <laughs> enough. Oh, my God, it really couldn't. And I typically, I'm a big football fan, of course, but I'm normally not the one, uh, the type of fan that goes nuts over, like, the count, the countdown on the days. But this year I definitely was because the Mets, we were out in June. So, nonetheless, so I, I heard you just talking about uh, DirecTV and such. So, I actually used to work for Spectrum. I was actually a supervisor with the company, so I kind of have a decent amount of insider information. Um, for First and foremost, you're definitely getting charged for your equipment, my friend. You're just not paying it. Uh, for lack of a better way to say it, no disrespect, you're just not paying attention to the itemization. Oh, of I know. Everything. Oh, you're I know. I'm getting charged. charged. I look. I look at the okay. bill. I just <laughs> don't know. Off, I, I just don't know off the top of my head how much it is. No, but I see it itemized there. It's absolutely. a decent amount, especially if you have like the HD DVR equipment. Oh, Those yeah. things can actually add up to being a lot, especially if you have multiple boxes in the house. Uh, I've left left Spectrum about maybe four or five years ago, and at that point, the HD equipment, each box was like 12 bucks. So if you have like two, three, four, you can see how that adds up. But now as far as like this whole thing with the channels being, it, it's just messed up, especially for the for the viewer. It's on both sides, honestly. Spectrum is, uh, the, the messed up part about it is that the, the cable, cable providers themselves, they don't give you a break uh, when they remove eight, nine, ten channels. So you're still being charged the same amount. So, you know, I used to uh, have to field a lot of those calls from a lot of ticked off customers, myself being included. So I, it's just messed up, um, and especially for it to be coming around at this part of the year, especially with you know, baseball playoffs about to begin and football season. It's it's just messed up. So I feel for the customers, myself included, at this point. Yes, yeah, Sammy, it really stinks, and I appreciate you checking in, my friend. Uh, thanks a lot for the phone call. It, it, it's horrible timing. And, look, I don't get into all the minutiae on the business side of things with these contracts and what is right and what is wrong. It just stinks for the fan. You know, and I can imagine you wait all off season for this, especially if you're a Jet fan, right? It's the most hyped season that you've had probably in years, depending on how old you are. It might be your lifetime, and you're not going to be able to watch the first game potentially, and who knows after that. It's not good. Not good at all. But what is good, though, is that we do have a football season, and the Giants are going to be getting ready coming up on Sunday night to host the Dallas Cowboys to kick off 2023. What will Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball and company do for an encore? Well, some of the questions that we're going to pose to our next guest. He, of course, covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. He is our good buddy, 
Jordan Renan here on 98.7 ESPN. Jordan, another season is upon us, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. I mean, my blood pressure is rising listening to the last caller. You know, there's nothing. There's two things that really, you know, get your blood pressure super high. It's hearing or talking about your cable bill and talking to anyone about air in the airline industry. You know, those are the two that just. You, you, it just immediately you just you just want to yell and scream and be like, "Stop taking all my money!" You're not a spectrum guy, are you? I am not a spectrum guy. Yeah, that's good. So that's good. So you don't have this worry, but I hear I'm not, you. I, I'm not. I'm not getting involved in that one, Dan. I'm out. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, again, it's not good either way. But, again, nobody wants to hear about all the cable stuff any longer. Let's talk some football, though. This one should be fun on Sunday yeah. night here. Let, let's, start, let's start big picture here as far as this one game is concerned because the one thing that I really I, – I don't want to say it agitates me, Jordan, because I've heard this on both sides with the Jets and the Giants for this week. They're playing division games. You know, you want to start off the season right, absolutely, but – I can't subscribe to the theory that it's a must win. And, I mean, it would be great to win, sure, nah. but, I mean, it's it's just one of 17. Am I right or am I wrong? I must win is extreme. But I do think, and I, uh, you know, Breaking Big Blue, my podcast came out today. I kind of went on a rant. Like, this is a huge game for the Giants. Not must win. That, that's too far. But hear me out on why it's such a big mm-hmm. game for them. This is a game that's at home. In primetime, right? In your home uh, opener, which these are all advantages for the home team, for the Giants in this case, right? If they can't beat the Dallas Cowboys in this situation, right? The Dallas Cowboys, the same organization that's in their own division that has beat them 11 of their last 12 times, and you can't win this one, it then concerns me. I, I, I don't think they're then going to win in Dallas, right? If they can't win in this situation mm-hmm. that's like handmade for them by the way they're perfectly healthy going in they had no real major injuries this summer to, to to real significant players so if you can't win in that situation this is like an optimal situation for them to win i have no confidence that they could win then later in the year in dallas i have no confidence they've yet caught up to philadelphia so now you're talking about four games that they're likely going to lose in the division and then who in their right mind is going to think that the giants or anyone, for that matter, is really going to win in Buffalo on a, on a, in a primetime game and in San Francisco in a primetime game. So now you're, look, you're staring at, you know, hey, there's five or six losses easy to start the season. If you can't win this game at home, so for me it is a big game. Now, must win, that's going too far. But for this Giants team, because of the struggles they've had of getting over the hump, of showing that, they, that they're even in the same vicinity as the Cowboys and, and Eagles, I think this is a huge game for this team. Well, I'll, I'll counter that by saying, and really to support what you were, what you described, and I think that you're right. Last year, despite the fact that they accomplished a lot and made the playoffs and won a playoff game, they still only won one game in the division. So you would like to yeah. maybe reverse that trend a little bit. And you talk about your opportunities. You only get six of these out of the 17 you play, and you're not going to take on Philadelphia until what? The third to the last week of the season on Christmas Day. So yeah. you're only going to play four division games really out of your first, what, 14? Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. I mean, that, that, so it, this one is just made like, okay, show us that you're in the same league as the Cowboys, right? Because even though they had a great year last year for the Giants from where they were, absolutely, they did go 1-5-1 in the division, including the playoffs. They did lose twice to the Cowboys. By the way, once 
with Cooper, uh, I almost called him Cooper Cup, with Cooper Rush as the quarterback. You know, so the Giants, there, there's a significant, it's not just the Eagles. There was a significant gap talent-wise between the Giants and the Cowboys. So you think they closed some of it this year. I mean, the Giants, in my opinion, are definitely a better team. They're coming in in really good shape. Uh, I think it's set up for them to perform well. And uh, if they still come up short, I don't know. It's sort of like a red flag to me, like, oh, well, how good is this team? It's going to be a struggle to make the playoffs if they can't beat Dallas at home at this point. And the, the game that they played last year on Thanksgiving Day down in Dallas, they were littered with the injuries at the cornerback it wasn't position. Close. Yeah, and then the second half it got away from them. Second half it got away from them. They picked I, them apart. Yes, it did. I know people are going to be like, well, they lost by a touchdown. They scored with like eight seconds left yeah. to make the score look better. That was cosmetic. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Um, the quarterback. All right, the organization said in the offseason, we believe in you. They gave him the big money. At least for the next couple of years, this is his gig. You know, he looks like he got a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker here in the offseason. He took some steps last year. What do you think is an acceptable Daniel Jones output for 2023 in terms of his evolution as a franchise quarterback? Here's what I think, and I think people still look at, well, he only threw 15 touchdown passes, and they didn't do much with him last year. And, yeah, they didn't throw the ball deep. But if Daniel Jones plays the same way he did last year, no better. Everyone's like, oh, look at the, look at the jump he made. Because it's going to end up being 25 touchdowns and eight or ten interceptions, right? About, you know, it's better than two-to-one ratio there. It's going to look good. And everyone's like, look at the jump he made. No, in reality, like, that's how well he played last year. It's just he has better players around him now in regards to the weapons. I mean, there was a point last year where his weapons were Daniel Bellinger, uh, Marcus Johnson, and David Sills, and Darius Lane. Like, that's really what his all his weapons – like, that's what he was working with. So, you know, it's going to be hard to hit big plays consistently when that's really what you're working with, at least from the you know pass-catching position. Obviously, he had Saquon in the backfield. So, I think, honestly, all he has to do is go out there – play the same way he did last year. Now the offense is going to be a little different and that they're going to give him more opportunities. Now it's going to lead to more big plays. It's probably going to lead to more turnovers. The chances you, you know, throw five interceptions in the season and, or, you know, better do better than that. There's very few quarterbacks, if any, who do that. And they're usually named like Tom Brady or like Aaron Rodgers does it every year. He's, you know, his lack of turnovers is amazing, but the natural progression here or regression, if you want to call it that, is that he's probably going to throw a few more interceptions. That's because they're going to be throwing the ball down the field more. And I, and I think you're going to see uh, the numbers kind of match up to the way he played it last year. And I think it's because he has a better team around him. Well, look, we've all gotten drunk over the prospects of Darren Waller and what he could be, not just for this offense, but the quarterback as well this year. And we know that when mm-hmm. he plays, when he's healthy, he's extremely productive. I saw something also, wasn't yeah. Daniel Jones last year, like top five in the NFL when targeting the tight end. And you just ran down the tight ends he had last year. None of them have the ability of one Darren Waller. If this guy could stay healthy, it, it, it just to me the possibilities are endless for what this quarterback and, more importantly, the offense can achieve. Yeah, it's something you've seen – all throughout the summer of practice, just like it wasn't part of the offense last year to throw the ball deep down the middle of the field. It just was. They didn't have the weapons. Like Daniel Bellinger is a nice player, you know, a nice mid-round pick. I believe he was a fifth rounder, fourth or fifth rounder. Uh, but you know, he's he was a guy you have to scheme him open, right? Darren Waller is a guy who can get open, 
And you're, you saw that throughout the summer, and I think it's gonna, we're going to see it as the season goes along here. The Giants are going to get the ball to Darren Waller at, you know, deep down the middle of the field. You're going to see those you know, intermediate passes to him, the 15, 20-yard passes that just really weren't part of the offense last year. And, look, I've said this from day one. I mean, when you look at the dude, I mean, he and Saquon said it yesterday, he's a monster. Yeah. I mean, there's not many guys that look like him. He, he stands out from the second you see him. Like he stands above almost everybody else. You know, he's the head above everybody else. And the way he moves, you're like, wow. Like, I could see why this guy was good. Now, the key with that, and I say this every time in every interview, it's all about can he stay healthy. I mean, no one really knows the answer to that. But there's nothing so far to indicate that, you know, we're headed towards down that road. Uh, so it's just, you know, cross your fingers and hope he can stay healthy because he, he, he will make their offense significantly better than it was last year. Now, the one concern you have about this offense, the biggest concern, aside from just guys getting injured, mm-hmm. is that offensive line. Interior, it's the one yeah. thing that can derail this offense right now. It's still shaky. I would even say, looking at it, like, you know, the Jets have kind of taken the pressure off them because everyone wants to talk about the Jets' offensive line all summer. The Giants' line is a huge question mark. Evan Neal at right tackle was one of the worst-graded right tackles in the NFL last year. The guards are below average with Glowinski and Ben Bredesen, and they're starting a rookie center. Those are four to five spots that, you know, you're, you're not you're not even assured an above-average player. Uh, so that, that could easily derail what they're trying to do this, this season. Mike Kafka and Brian Dable will help out, help out the way they can scheme, but you can only scheme around deficiency so much in this league. These guys and coaches and everybody's too good. Jordan Renan covers the Giants for ESPN. He's joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He's going to be with us each week Thursday nights, as a matter of fact, to talk about Big Blue in the upcoming game. Um, on the other side of the ball, you look at this defense. You know, Bobby Okereke is a guy that they brought in, and he's going to be essentially that quarterback of the defense, right? He's the signal caller there, middle linebacker. You look in that secondary, though, and once again, you have a couple of pups. You know, you're going to be starting two rookies and Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks. And, you know, it seemed like you and I talked about this a lot last year where the Giants were shuffling through all these corners that they were plucking in off the street. The way Wink Martindale mm-hmm. likes to do that cover zero stuff. Rookie or not, I mean, that's a lot to put on somebody's plate, especially if kids like this don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, which is why it's even more important that the pressure gets home, right? I mean, that's what it's going to be about. If the pressure doesn't get home, those two guys will get torn apart. Like, it is – guys in the locker room were actually talking about it yesterday. Like, what's the hardest position to play in the NFL? And you would be surprised at how many guys in the locker room say cornerback. Even over quarterback, by the way, which I completely disagree with, but it, it is a, I mean, it is such a hard position to play, right? And when you're a rookie, like if Brandon Cooks just, just gets to go up one on one against Deontay Banks or Trey Hawkins, and Dak Prescott has time, they're gonna, you know, he'll shred them. I mean, that, that's that's the way this league works. But Wink Martindale's not going to make it so easy. He's going he's got a lot of tools now to use in regards to the pass rush. The hope is that, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari stay healthy and kind of take their game to the next level. You know what you have in Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. You have a piece in Isaiah Simmons who they're going to use as a significant pass rush piece, probably in in sub-packages at least to start the season. Uh, So that's what it's going to come down to more than like – because we know. Like, it is really – like, yes, Sauce Gardner was amazing, but he's Mm -hmm. the anomaly. 
You know, if, you, if, if you, they just want those guys to guard one-on-one and quarterbacks have time, the rookies are going to have trouble. Brian Dayball, year number two. Last year, you're implementing a system. You're implementing a philosophy. It paid dividends. When you looked at this mm-hmm. team this summer, training camp, even the off-season program, now getting ready for the real thing. In just a short amount of time, is it clear as day that this is indeed Brian Dayball's football team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hear guys parroting exactly what he parrots, you know. Hey, the, we're, we're, we're just worried about today, taking it one day at a time. I mean, this they're following in his footsteps. Uh, they believe in this coaching staff. That's why I think the first half of last year was so big, uh, that opener in particular, because it really made them feel like, right? Remember, first of all, do you remember how bad they were in the first half in Tennessee? They were awful in that opener. And you're like, oh, it's the same Giants, same problems. But the fact that they got it together and won that game, that had them rolling in the right direction, and it helped them believe, okay, these guys are different. Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, Mike Kafka, it's different with them here, right? And then the the results started to show that, and I think you're starting to see that now. And and we're going to see more of what Brian Dable has envisioned for this offense, right? He didn't want to run a run heavy offense. Do you remember what he did in Buffalo? Remember that game? They like really, they, they didn't run the, they decided they were going to run the ball at all. The Patriot game. Yeah. Yeah. They just decided, you know what? We're not even going to run the ball ever. They literally ever. <laughs> and so you, you think this guy wanted to come in here and run a run heavy offense? No, but he had, he didn't have the personnel to sling it around. Like he has And Look what they did this off season. Their goal was to, be faster on both sides of the football. And if you look at the moves they've made, uh, they certainly are. Isn't it amazing? We've talked for 15 minutes and have not mentioned the name Saquon Barkley yet. Let me say this. You know, there was early in camp, there was questions asked about him for the first two days. Nine days Brian Dable went after that without getting a single Saquon Barkley question. It was unbelievable. Amazing. And that's a credit. That's a credit to everybody in the organization and Saquon himself. Yeah. That this contract thing was put to bed, and then that's it. Absolutely. It just kind of went away, and like, that's perfect for them because otherwise it would have been something that you know hovered over the team. It could have been a black cloud that you had all summer. I mean, And the fact that they were able to diffuse that right away, and Saquon looks great. And he didn't – and I thought when he signed that – adjusted franchise tag i thought for sure like okay we're not really going to see him on the field you know or maybe uh you know barely practice this summer guess what he was on the field every single practice this summer i know he didn't play in the preseason and some days he was limited a little bit but i mean brian dable's camp guys were getting dead days left and right and guess what take home barkley every single day that they practiced has been on the field and done work which to be honest with you I was stunned, and uh, there's no reason to think as long as he's healthy, he's not going to have another really big productive season. I mean, we we know what he is as a player at this point, and he said last year he wanted to reestablish himself and show everyone, hey, I'm still that number two overall pick, and this year he said, I want to take it to the next level. And so I do think several years removed from that knee injury now, if he does stay healthy, we can see him kind of take it to the next level. Don't think it'll still get him paid for, like, (laughs) what he wants, I do think it could help him get to that next level. He plays the wrong position, unfortunately. All right, final thing here. Yes, Uh, he does. The outlook for the season for the 2023 New York Giants is what, according to Jordan Renan? 
I mean, this is a pretty good team. This is a good team. This should be at least this should be a team that's thinking playoffs and that's in the playoff race. I I, I really do believe that. Uh, now I mentioned before, I think this first game is huge for them. In addition to everything I spoke about before, because okay, we too they have Arizona, very winnable game. But after that, it's kind of tough. I mean, Thursday night in San Francisco, Monday night, even though it's at home against Seattle, a Seattle team that I personally think is going to be pretty good, right? And then Buffalo is not long after that. So this first game could go a long way in determining how this season, you know, pans out for the Giants because that schedule is just so much tougher than it was last year. But uh, this is a good team. This is a much better team, in my opinion, than they were last year. They could do it in a lot in more in more ways than they were able to do it last year. So I think if they're not in the at least in the eight nine win range or you know ten win range, I think it would be a disappointing season for this group for sure. Nine might be able to get you in in this NFC this year. So I think I agree with you when it terms of you know what got them in last year. Do. Yeah, got them in last year, and I don't love this NFC. I think is even less imposing than it was a season it's ago. A, Jordan, pick them to go nine nine seven and one. Oh, if you did that, and imagine if you hit the lottery again. Oh my goodness, if you could hit that, <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I hate the tie. I hate. I know ties are more frequent now with the with the shorter overtime. I hate ties. They just look so messy. In I the hate standings. the seventeenth game because I just want to say ten and six, nine and seven. Like I'm just so conditioned to say it. I hate the seventeenth game only for that reason. I like more football, but like only for that reason, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem right that there's no five hundred. Although I guess you can go eight and one. But you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna give them what they want. I'm not even gonna warm up to the 17th game because you know what's gonna happen, Jordan? The minute that I start to accept the 17th game, there's gonna be an 18th game. Oh yeah, mark it down. That's coming. 100. percent That's coming. Jordan, thank you for a couple, my friend. Look forward to resuming our chats now on a weekly basis. Enjoy that game Sunday. We'll do it again next week. Yep, sounds good, Dan. Speak to you then. All right, buddy. There's Jordan Renan covers the Giants for us here at ESPN. We've got our over-unders draft coming up momentarily. you want to stick around for that for the upcoming football season. Grass until the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. Stop taking all my money. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got our NFL over-unders draft coming up in just a couple of minutes. We're looking forward to that. But we've got some breaking news. Harvey, fire the breaking news sounder. Oh, baby. No, they didn't reach an agreement with the cable company or anything like that. Sorry, unfortunately. 
No, they haven't resumed play at the U.S. Open either because climate change yo-yos are protesting for the last 20-something minutes, so there hasn't been tennis, which is unfair to the players and everybody that paid a lot of money to watch the match, but that's neither here nor there. Instead, we've got a very, very popular NFL player who has just signed a contract extension, and he is now the richest player in the National Football League. You want to take a guess who it is? Anybody guesses? Anyone? 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 That's right. Joe Burrow. You knew that that would be the next domino to fall. Remember, Justin Herbert got his contract for $53.3 million annually. He signed that back in July. Joe Burrow said, hey, Justin, hold my beer, buddy. Because Joe Burrow just signed a contract. Get ready for these numbers. I hope you're sitting down. Five-year deal, $275 million, 219 of which are guaranteed $55 million per year for Joe Burrow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So here's how the math goes. Like I said, $55 million AAV. Herbert was at 53.3, Lamar Jackson 52, Jalen Hurts 51, Russell Wilson 50. So Burrow's got that. One thing that Burrow doesn't have, though, is the most guaranteed money because, remember, the Browns did the foolish thing and gave it to Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun has $230 million guaranteed, Burrow 219, Herbert 217 and change, and then Kyler Murray 189.5 from the Arizona Cardinals. That is laughable. So there you go. Now, look, Burrow is worth it. Burrow is in that small exclusive category of top quarterbacks in this sport, guys that can get you to the promised land. He is firmly entrenched in that group. You think about what he's done over the last couple of years with the Cincinnati Bengals, a Super Bowl two years ago, conference championship game last year, and this is a guy that was injured as a rookie. And you never knew after that freshman season when he said to yourself, boy, is this just going to be, you know, the Bengals and they're always snake bit? Is, is his career going to be ruined? Nope. And Joe Burrow was a guy, right? Like, remember, the path to this point is just staggering. Because if you go back like five years ago, you think about Joe Burrow's college career. Like, this was a guy who started out at Ohio State and couldn't get consistent playing time there, right? So he transfers to LSU. And then that final season down south, they had all those studs around them. And they went out there and they won a national championship. And he had a phenomenal season and became the number one overall pick in the draft. The previous year, like you talk about Joe Burrow, number one pick in the draft, Joe Burrow might not even have been a first-round pick based upon the previous year. Think about that. And then he's the number one pick. And then he gets injured his rookie year. And then he comes back in year number two, takes his team to the Super Bowl. Championship game year number three. And now after that year... He's the richest player in the NFL, $275 million. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, the only person with more guaranteed money is Deshaun Watson. $55 million a year. And remember, guys, that's the most important number. It's the guarantees because that's all he's entitled to see. 275 is great. He may never see all 275. He's going to see 219, though. So good for him, good for the Bengals. Good that he was able to put this calf issue behind him. And, look, you know the Bengals are going to be a factor this year. And they are going to be a pain in the neck in the AFC and probably going to be a team that's going to be playing football 
in the month of January. That's for sure. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. When we come back, it is draft time. That's right. You think that the draft happened in the spring? No, 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 no. We got our own draft for this program. Little over-unders for you for the upcoming NFL season. Oh, yeah. That's right. Grasso with you till the top of the hour right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hold my beer, buddy. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right. You know what that music means? Well, you mean it's football. That's what it means. But specifically, it's our over-unders draft. That's right. Dan Grasa Show, 98.7 ESPN. We're going till the top of the hour. But, you know, we're going to get you set here for the season. And look, you probably know how this thing works. The boys in Vegas, whoever it might be, you know, they all set these over-under numbers, win totals for teams for the upcoming season. So we thought, myself, Harvey, Joe, you know, we'll do a nice little friendly game here and do our own little over-unders draft. And then at the end of the season, we'll see who comes out on top. You know, we'll each pick three. No duplicates. You can't pick a team that's been picked already here. And we'll see how this thing flies. All right, guys, let's, uh, since you guys are going to be a tag team, you're going to be team producers I will give you the first pick for our over-unders draft here. You guys get first crack. Who do you got? All right. So we teamed, we've we been discussing this since we this was first uh, installed here. First conceived, yeah. Yeah, first birthed. <laughs> and we, we're going to go with our first overall pick. We're going to go with our local New York football giants here over eight and a half. Really? All right, so Giants over eight and a half. Now, just uh, I'm very nervous about this pick because Mm -hmm. Jordan mentioned how big uh, the Cowboys game is to start week one. And if for some odd reason you lose that game, then you're in. To me, you can bury yourself very quickly because you got Seattle week four on Monday night. You got the 49ers the Thursday night game before that. So a lot of this over it can just depend on the first month but you got arizona week two that's a given win yes but still i mean you're you're essentially guaranteeing yourself one and one through the first two weeks which is cool but then you got buffalo niners seattle you got the eagles coming up as well 
You know, it's I hear you. It's not like a foregone conclusion, but I, I'm I'm the positive one of the bunch, so I'll go with. We'll see. Over. Here's what I'm going to say then, if I can critique your pick. And look, I think it's a, I think the Giants will win more than eight and a half games. But my my question to you is, you had first crack, so you had every player in the country at your disposal basically, and you had the first pick, so you had every team. You made your first choice, but yet you sat there and then gave me all these question marks and insecurities that you have. Like, I would have thought you maybe would have gone something a little bit more certain if you had all this doubt with the Giants, no? We have certainties. All right. We have certainties. I do, right. have, I do have the Giants going over as well. I have them 10 and 7. All right, well, there you go. Okay, so you're, you're despite all those other things and the hard schedule, you're still confident that this is going to hit for you. Yes, I'm a fan, you know, so I've got to I know, I gotta but sometimes put. you can't bet with your head, your heart, two different things. That gets into trouble. All right, my turn. I'm not going to overthink this thing. I'm just going to be pretty cut and dry. I've had glowingly negative things to say about this team all throughout the offseason. I even just threw a nice little dig at them not even five minutes ago. So I'm going to go right there. Let's go out to the desert. The Cardinals have no idea. Well, they know what they're doing. Their job is to tank. Their job is to lose and to lose spectacularly this year. Under five and a half, I think, is a slam dunk for the Cardinals this season. They will be the worst team in football. I don't think they win more than two games in that. Give me Arizona under five and a half for my first pick. Under you, you said two games. I, th- I think Arizona wins two games this year. Two and fifteen. Sure. Do you see what they're doing at quarterback? I get it, but I mean, I feel like every season you always get those teams that that just sleepwalk through games or a team just. Lucks into a win every so now and, two and then. Two and 15 is horribly bad. Uh, the Arizona is going to be the worst team in the league this year. I, I don't think that that's like groundbreaking. All right. Right? I feel like it's hard. Hey, they only won four games last year. <laughs> I get it, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're cutting that in half. I feel like it's right. harder to do that than to, you know, win 10 plus games. Josh Dobbs might be their quarterback until God knows when. So that's all you need to know. All right, you guys are up. Pick two. This is an interesting one, but I think we've come to a consensus here. We're also taking an under, and we're also staying in the desert. We're taking the Las Vegas Raiders under seven and a half. Ooh. Ooh. I got to tell you, I was maybe thinking that a little bit. Now, why do you? Why are you going Raiders here under seven and a half? What do you think? Mainly the head coaching situation. Fair. I just, I don't have any faith. He might be actually the first coach fired. He might not see the end of the year in terms of his position. Secondly, just so many players coming out and bad-mouthing the organization. It started with Devontae Adams, I want to say in March, went on a whole thing with how he doesn't like the direction of the organization. They just had something with Chandler Jones today where they had a – Team personnel, I think it was one of the trainers, went to his house and he made some jokes on Instagram about the direction of the organization. I just, it's not looking good if you're a Raider fan. And plus you're in that division with Mahomes. Anything that happens in Denver, you would hope is a positive trajectory with Sean Payton in town. And of course you got Justin Herbert, who... I, he's got a really good record against the Raiders in his career. So everybody in your division, I don't see them winning more than two 
divisional games, and they've got a really hard schedule other than that. So it's going to be bleak times potentially following up Arizona in the draft, the actual draft in April. Right. All right, so Vegas under seven and a half. I, 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 could, I could go along with that, I think. I'm not exactly high on them this year. And look, we were, I was even talking about this with somebody today when I was out at Florham Park. What are the chances that Devontae Adams is still wearing a Raiders uniform after Halloween when the trade deadline comes and goes? That could also be something to keep our eyes on here. All right. Um, so let's see. I went under Arizona five and a half. I will give you an over. And, and, and I was shocked when I saw how low this number was because I think this team is going to be very, very good. I know that they've unfortunately be hit, been hit with the injury bug last couple of years, but I don't know how you don't jump all over Baltimore over eight and a half. Lamar's got paid. He's happy. He might have the best set of receivers that he's ever had to work with in his career. I think the Ravens are primed for a big season. Wouldn't shock me if the Ravens are playing in Vegas in February in the Super Bowl. That's how good I think they're going to be. You trust that program. They just get it. They know how to win. It's a winning organization. Over eight and a half is easy for the Baltimore Ravens. That's my second pick. So are you like buying into their weaponry? There's their wide receiver core? I'm buying into it a little bit, but I'm more buying into just the tradition of the franchise. So remember last year, they, they made the playoffs, basically, and Lamar Jackson missed half the season. I don't like their defense. I, just historically, I really don't like their defense. Plus, I'm kind of iffy on guys getting paid, and especially with how it started with Lamar, with him missing what was it six weeks at the end of the season and a playoff game last year yeah so i don't know if all that money and getting one of his buddies in odell is enough to truly make him happy and for that defense to stand up in baltimore offense is good offense is good i like the o-line the backs can run the ball i think zay flowers is going to be a beast the rookie that they took in the first round this year i hear you about the defense it's more about I don't love the depth on the defensive side of the ball. If they could stay healthy, I'm all in. But last year, they just got decimated with the injury bug. I'm hoping that turns around this year. But I think, I mean, all they got to do is go 9-8 and eight to, to be able to hit this pick. I don't think that's that difficult. Um, all right, you guys got one more. Who do you got? All right, our one more is a bit out there, but uh, it's, it's a bit of a critical thinker here. Okay. We're going to go over 7.5 wins for the Tennessee Titans. Ooh, okay. Now, their schedule is a little bit tough. They got the Chargers and the Browns and the Saints as their first three before Bengals and Colts in October. But this is a Mike Variable coach team. And I, for some reason, I get um, I get Mike Tomlin vibes off of him mm-hmm. only because you just know that he will put you in positions to win every game. They're not going to be out coached. They're not going to be like out game planned and stuff like that. Plus, Ryan Tannehill will get will put, put up some numbers. They got... An okay wide receiver court, but with Derrick Henry, he'll shoulder the load again. And, of course, they just signed DeAndre Hopkins. So, I see them going eight or nine wins this year, but definitely over seven. Well, remember, they started seven and three last year, and then all the shenanigans happened, and they lost, you know, Tannehill then ultimately got um, injured, and he was out, and then they basically had no quarterback for the last three weeks of the season, and that allowed Jacksonville to sneak up and steal that division there. All right, Tennessee over seven and a half. That is not too shabby there. Uh, All right, last one for me. There's a couple of different ways I could go with this one. 
both teams in the AFC. I'm actually going to go, and this is a little risky. Like, I don't know if I'm a 1,000% invested, but this is one of those teams that is kind of like the media darlings so far in NFL circles. It's Jacksonville. And I'm going to go over 9.5. I don't love the number. Saying that that's a double-digit win team is risky, but I'm going to base it off of a couple of things. Number one, the schedule. You referenced Tennessee's schedule. Well, Jacksonville plays in the same division. So you're playing the AFC South, right? That's six games right there. And then they're playing the NFC South, which is four games right there. So ten games against teams that I don't really think all that much about. Right? I mean, nobody in the AFC South wows you. Nobody in the NFC South wows you. That's 10 right there. Not saying they're going to win them all, but I think they're going to win their share of those 10 games. I believe in the coach. I believe in what they did last year in coming back and winning that playoff game, playing Kansas City hard on the road in that second week of the playoffs. I think it'll be good enough to get the double-digit wins. You know, I don't think this is a Super Bowl team like some people might think, but Jacksonville's going in the right direction. They're building a winning program. Over nine and a half for the Jaguars. That's our third pick. So there you go. There's our draft. So I have Arizona under five and a half, Baltimore over eight and a half, Jacksonville over nine and a half. You guys, the producers, Giants over eight and a half, Vegas under seven and a half, and Tennessee over seven and a half. All right. We'll see how we shake out once January gets here. Have to see who wins. What's the uh, what, you want to do a little friendly wager? What's the wager going to be? Like dinner or something like that? I like that idea. Nice right? dinner at the end we of have, the football season. Why not? We have to. Everybody has to eat, right? Nourishment, the whole thing. So why not? But who loses? Nice little dinner. Who, well, who loses that? though? Who loses? Who loses? Hey, there's got to be a loser for this, right? Like, what's the loser for the dinner? Well, you pay for the dinner. No. Yeah. You, yeah. You pay for the dinner. I might have to take another another credit card. Okay. <laughs> Harvey's gonna limp in. It's like Harvey. What's the matter? You don't look so good. Yeah, I just donated blood. Why the <laughs> dinner? Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. All right, we come back. Tom Brady is at it again. Would you believe it? He is at it again. The guy can't sit still now that he's given up football. But this one has nothing to do with football. We'll talk about his latest venture when we return. Then Gordon and Larry come up at the top. Grasso with you. Ninety-eight seventy ESPN. First conceived, yeah. Yeah, first birth. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tom Brady. You remember him, right? Well, he is the new strategic advisor for none other than Delta Airlines. That's right. When you think Tom Brady, of course you think air travel, right? Here was Tom earlier today on CNBC talking about his latest venture. Well, I think getting to know Ed and the type of leader that he is, uh, he has unbelievable command, uh, incredible work ethic, 
And I think his vision and leadership over a long period of time has elevated the, the brand to, incredible, uh, to an incredible place. So very fortunate to join the team and working with all the employees and, you know, continue to help inspire people to, you know, grow great communities and, and teams of people and companies. And uh, I've been very fortunate over the years to be a part of a lot of those. And I think in this next chapter of my life to continue to do things like that is really, you know, stimulates my own personal growth in a lot of ways. How much more does this guy got to do? Like, seriously, I understand that some people just have it in them to not be able to sit still. But come on, you know that he's not doing this out of the goodness of his own heart. They got to be paying him an arm and a leg. My God, I mean, not, not for nothing. Who cares if Tom Brady is affiliated with Delta Airlines? I mean, you, the paying customer, if you got to go someplace, if Delta's the only place that's going to get you there, that's what you're going to pick, or vice versa, whatever airline it might be. It's got to do with the fact that Tom Brady is a part of it. His new role as a strategic advisor, by the way, will make allow him to focus on leadership initiatives and strategic marketing. So what, is Tom Brady just going to magically appear on your flight? You know, when you're boarding the plane, you and the wife and the four kids and the dog and, you know, you're carrying all the bags or whatever, you get onto the crowded plane, you're trying to get all the way to back to coach, and Tom Brady is going to be standing there shaking your hand as you're getting ready to board to Disneyland? Is that what this is? He has to appear on, what, one flight a month just as a surprise? Take pictures with people as they're delayed on the tarmac for about four hours? But Tom Brady's on board, so it makes everything okay? Unreal. Like I said, I'd love to know what they're paying him. Love to. Anyway, that's it for us. Thanks for Jordan, uh, to Jordan Renan for hopping on. Tomorrow, Football Friday show, a huge one. Picks the whole nine yards. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Harvey. Gordon and Larry coming up next. I'll see you tomorrow at 6.30, folks. Grass is saying goodnight, 98.7 ESPN. I might have to take another, another credit card. Okay. Harvey, what's the matter? You don't look so good. Yeah, I just donated blood. Why? It was dinner.